Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Sow the seed of love, the love that Jesus has put in your heart. Continue to do it for one another. It'll be worship to Him. He'll keep a record. He'll bless you in this life, but oh, in the life to come, what He's going to bless. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. That's a strange sermon title I have out here on the streets, and I pulled in today, and I said to Corinne as I came in, I said, I don't know that I really like that sermon title a whole lot, uh, meeting God's needs or blessing God, because does God have needs? He does. Uh, Jesus went to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Now listen to what he said to her. He said, I want you to meet my need. What? Jesus has a need? He said, give me a drink of water. He was tired. He was weary. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And Jesus needed something from her. Now I think that sometimes and very often... We can meet the needs of Jesus. That when he said to her, give me a drink of water. I have read that scripture so many times. I've preached so many sermons from it. And then I looked at it again with freshness of heart and mind. And I thought, Lord Jesus, you are asking humans. You need something. And here's this woman of ill repute coming to draw water. And Jesus says, Give me a drink. Now, when we bless others, like you have blessed Corinne and me, you were giving him a drink. You not only refreshed us, you refreshed him. This is his word. This is what he says. Now, notice he said in Matthew 10, 42, and if anyone, listen, listen, and if anyone, 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 if Anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he or she is a disciple, a Christian, you're going to have a reward. You mean to tell me God God pays attention when I bring a glass of water to my wife? (laughs) Now, that's what he says. He says "There, there is nothing that you do or everything you do You bless me because you do it. And he saw what has happened, and now he promises a reward. Now, notice he said, to one of the least of these little ones. That means people of of little standing, not necessarily a prominent leader. 
Now, most people, and I, I have seen humility here, but most of us, we want to wave a flag and say, hey, hey, I'm doing something. Would everybody give me credit? <laughs> I want you to see what I'm doing. I want you to hear about it. I want you to spread the word. I want my glory and praise now. Everybody start patting me on the back. When I was a, just a teenager, I was a pastor in Baltimore building a new church building, and uh, I helped him a little bit that I could do some of the work there. And then when the building was done, he gave me a job as a janitor. And uh, that was one of my very first jobs. And after church one day, or before church, he came up and handed me a $5 bill. I didn't ask him how much he was going to pay. I didn't even think about that part. I just wanted to be in the house of God. I loved the house of the Lord. And I told him, he's a big man, real tall fella. And he handed me that $5. I was in high school. And I, I said to him, I said, oh, I don't want that. I mean, I didn't have a dime in my pocket at that moment. And I didn't even have a wallet to put a dime in if I had a dime. I said, I don't want that. I said, I want to wait until I get to heaven because God's got a reward for me up there. That minister never opened. He looked at me, never said a word. He looked at me like, hey, I never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and he pushed that $5 on me. and I took it. <laughs> but I, I got my reward. <laughs> he rewarded me then. So this is what the Lord says. If you do it to the one of the least of these... The woman at the well giving Jesus a drink. And I think of every time we do something to bless another person in Christ, to bless a brother, to bless a sister who has a need, uh, whatever it may be. When I was putting this message together, I couldn't help but think of my good friend, uh, Dr. Robert Roden. He was pastoring a church in Richmond, Virginia. He later became a district superintendent for... Uh, all the churches in the Potomac District, and he's retired now. But uh, he was working on a doctor's degree at Union Theological Seminary, and he eventually got his doctor's degree. But there was an elderly Presbyterian minister, very old, and he, the old gentleman couldn't cut his toenails. And he says to Dr. Roden, he said, he called him Bob because he was, Bob was so much younger. He said, Bob, my toenails need cut. <laughs> My toenails. Does Jesus look at a person when they're cutting somebody's toenails? And Bob got a pan of water, brought it in, put that old gentleman's feet, that old Presbyterian minister's feet, soaked his feet, then lifted up his foot and cut his toenails. No wonder Bob, Dr. Roden, was elevated to become the leader that he, he became. Inasmuch as you do it unto the least of these. Jesus says, do you know you're doing it as unto me? And I'm going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory. Now, something's going to happen some of these days, and it's not going to be very much longer, I don't think, that the Son of Man is going to come in his glory, and that's when he's going to give the, the ultimate reward. The ultimate reward. Now, what you sow, you reap. If you sow goodness, you're going to get goodness. If you sow love, you're going to get love. If you sow whatever, you're going to get what you sow. And if you don't sow anything, you're not going to get anything. Wouldn't that farmer be a stupid guy to go out there and look at his cornfield and say, 
I don't have a crop this year. And his wife said, but you didn't sow any seed. Then you sow the seed of love. The love that Jesus has put in your heart. Continue to do it for one another. It'll be worship to him. He'll keep a record. He'll bless you in this life. But oh, in the life to come, what he's going to bless. Someone called me on the phone just the other day and asked me, said, do you think, Pastor, do you think we're living in the last days? I said, yeah, I do. He said, but I've been hearing that for a long time that we're living in the last days. You know, I, I'm kind sometimes. Not all the time, but I was kind to this man. <clears throat> and I, I didn't say what I'm going to tell you. But I felt like saying, we're living in the last days, and if Jesus doesn't come, you don't have many more days. You're living in the last days. At your age, you're going to go soon. So yes, one way or another, we're living in the last days. <clears throat> now, I didn't say that. And right now, I hope he's not present. <laughs> I hope you edit that out of that television because he may watch my program. <laughs> but Jesus is coming. And in that day, we're going to receive an abundance of, of a reward. Now, in verse 34, it says this. The, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. Come, then the king will say, who is this king that is coming? Why, he's the same one that the wise men followed the star from the east and went to Jerusalem to Herod's palace and said, where is the one, the one born king? Where is the king? We've come to worship him. Remember the story how Pilate stood before all of those Jewish people after he had Jesus lashed. Then he puts the purple robe on him. And I'm sure the purple robe was blotting the blood. Pilate turns to Jesus and said, are you a king? Jesus says, you're the one that says so. And he takes him and he said to the Jews, he said, behold your king. John, the revelator on the Isle of Patmos, a man who followed the Lord Jesus, who wrote the gospel of John, who wrote the, the, all the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, who wrote the book of Revelation. This is what he said. He, in, Roman, in Revelation chapter 19, he said, I saw heaven open. And he said, and be, I beheld a white horse. And the horse had a rider. And the rider's name is called Faithful and True. And on his head were many crowns. His name is called the Word of God. And he said he had a robe. And on the robe and on his thigh was written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. Friend, we have a Savior. He is the King. Uh, May we bow before Him and crown Him King of our lives and allow this King to make us His subjects. He can't make us a subject until we yield and become His subject. And He will rule and live and reign within us. On His head, many crowns. I, I remember hearing the Messiah written by Handel, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He repeats it, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He repeats it again, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Handel said, singing the Messiah chorus, he said, it was as though heaven opened and I saw the king. 
I saw him upon the throne. I saw the glory of God. And that hallelujah chorus flowed from him in words that we can understand, but words that can never exalt the Lord in the way the Lord is worthy to be exalted. Now, would you put on the screen verse 34? Now, look at this. Read it. It's one verse. I broke it down into little paragraphs, but just read it all, and then we'll, I'll come back. Come, read it. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now, notice, this is the king. This is the king of kings and the Lord of lords speaking. This is our Savior. He is saying to those who have served him, who have followed him, and particularly those who, as I've already said, served him by serving one another. When we serve one another, he said, you're serving me. You're giving me a drink. Now, notice he said, come, you who are blessed, blessed. Now, everyone who has helped create in me and who has helped others in the church or other Christians, you have now the title of being blessed. Clinton Corbin, are you here? There he is. Would you wave? Look back. Everybody turn and look at Clinton. Put his hand up. No, he's shaking his head. Uh, when I brought Corinne home from the uh, rehab, we were home a day and a half and the electricity went out. That meant no heat and no water. And she needed attention. And I called Clinton. And Clinton came very quickly. We have a, an insert that's propane. There's a fan in the ceiling. And I said, Clinton, if you can get that fan going. And I had an outside generator, but I had to pour gasoline in it. I was up in the nighttime pouring gas in that thing. Put, 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 you know. <laughs> and uh, Clinton came, hooked that thing up, got that fan going. That would keep uh, two rooms warm. And uh, he got it. He leaves and he goes home. The water cut off. I tried to call Clinton. Couldn't find him. Left a voice message. Uh, Cynthia, are you here? She'll be here 11 o'clock. I called Cynthia, the wife, got her at home. She said, I know where he is. He's gone to get a haircut. And it was dark. When you see Clinton today, tell him how nice that haircut is. <laughs> He's got a nice haircut. <laughs> it wasn't long until he called me. And then when I called back uh, his wife, and, and she wanted to know if he called, she said, because I'll get in the car and I'll go after him. I'll find him. And so I called back and I said, how did you get him so quickly? She said, I called and I left the number 911. <laughs> you don't know what that means? Oh, you do. Okay. 911. Now, she's a resourceful woman. <clears throat> and Clinton called me right away and he, I said, Clinton, we're, we have no water. And I did, and the snow, I couldn't hardly load Corinne up and get her out of there to a, uh, a house. I know I could knock on anybody's door or a motel or anything. But Clinton said, I'm on my way. He got there. He got the water going. He came three or four times. Finally, I told him, I said, Clinton, you're going to join another church. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. You're going to say, I'm, I'm going to join another church. When I talked to him, do you know what he said to me? He said, I'm blessed of my father. I'm blessed of my father. It took him about 25 minutes to come out, 25 minutes to come back. 25 minutes to go out, 
25 minutes to come back, and all, not counting all the time he was out there working, getting things going. But that's what he said. I am blessed by my Father. Friend, everyone in this building this morning, you're blessed by your Heavenly Father. Do you know that? And when we do it unto the least of these, we do it unto the Lord, and the Lord blesses. That means he puts his favor upon us. That's what Clinton was saying. God has put his favor upon me. Well, that word also means God is celebrating me. It's like a parent. You see them on the bumper of their car. They'll put on there, my daughter or my son is on the honor roll. I look at that and thought, well, I don't know your son. I don't know your daughter. I don't even know you. <laughs> but he's a, mine is on the honor roll. That's what God is saying. Mine. Mine. Those washed in the blood of Jesus whose name's written in the book of life, you are mine and I'm going to celebrate you because you are serving as I have served. You are washing feet like I have washed feet. You are doing good deeds with your time, your energy, your resources. You are blessed by my Father. Friend, God Almighty blesses you. Blessed by my Father. Then he says, take your inheritance. What? You mean I have an inheritance? What is my inheritance? Many parents, they have an inheritance. It's for their children. Now, God is going to bless us in this life. But in that time when the Savior comes back, he's going to say, take your inheritance. What is that inheritance? Are you looking? You are part of a kingdom. You're going to rule and reign in a kingdom with power and authority with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, that kingdom has been prepared for you. Listen, friends, God doesn't do things on a spur of the moment. From since the creation of the world, God had you in mind, preparing a, an inheritance for you. Friend, most of us, all of us, have no idea it is not in the mind, in the heart, in the thoughts of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. How do we love God? When we love one another. That's when we're loving God. That's when we're loving God. We live in a very selfish, self-centered, egotistical world. Everybody wants what's coming to me. Well, some people are going to get what's coming to them (laughs) when the Lord comes. But you're going to get an inheritance, a blessing. Heaven is keeping a record. Even if you give a cup of cold water to another person simply because that person is a Christian, simply because that person is your sister or your brother in Christ, just a little cup of water. Jesus says you'll get a reward. Can you believe that? A little insignificant thing. Prepared for you since the creation of the world. God has been preparing for centuries, thousands of years for a blessing to come upon his people. That's what I said last week when I said the hardest thing to believe is that I matter to God. That's the most difficult thing in all the Bible. No, not performing miracles, moving mountains, walking on water, but that you matter to God, that God cares for you. Now, Listen to this. This is what he says. A kingdom. Now that kingdom, that kingdom that he has prepared and inherited as a kingdom. In Romans 14, it says the kingdom of God, now listen to this, is righteousness, it's joy, 
It's peace in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom. Righteousness. That means you are right with God. You are right with God. People who are right with God. Who have a humble mind. Who doesn't, does not care who gets the credit as long as he's pleased. If you're right with God, your thinking is right with God. Your humility is right with God. If you are right with God, then you're due an inheritance. You're going to get it. Righteousness. Now, if you're not right with God today, by all means, give your heart to the Lord. Get right with God. Christians, if there is something amiss in your life, you say, but I, I am a Christian. But there are times when the world will do things and we will cooperate with the world. We'll, we'll yield to certain desires or emotions, uh, things that will cause us to, quote, not be right with God. That's what righteousness means. Being right with God. Get right with God. Peace. That's the second thing. Peace. This peace that transcends all understanding. God will give you peace. You can be in the midst of a hundred wars going on in your home, in your career, uh, in your finances, in your body physically, but God will give you a peace and you will live in peace. You'll walk in peace with all the troubles and all the difficulties that are going on. Uh, You can know and experience God's wonderful peace in this life and in the life to come. Heaven is peace forevermore and joy. Joy is not contingent upon circumstances. Happiness is. Happiness, you have to have something given to you. You have to have some kind of a, a thrill, something that will, will touch the flesh, the emotions. Happiness is contingent upon something in your circumstances or your surroundings. But joy, your surroundings and circumstances can be absolutely blah and even be against you. But that joy will abide. And the Lord says, I'll give you righteousness or a right standing with God. If you'll confess, if you'll repent, if you'll acknowledge me, I'll put you in right standing with God. That's the first step into the kingdom of God. The second thing I'm going to do, I'm going to put peace in your heart. I'm going to give you the peace of Jesus, the peace of the Prince of Peace. And the third thing I'm going to do, I'm going to give you joy. Regardless of what is going on and whatever the circumstances in your life, you're going to have joy. And when I come, you're going to receive the whole package, the whole kingdom of God. Not part of a kingdom, but the whole kingdom of God. Because you're an heir and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. This is God's blessing and this is God's promise. Now notice what it says here. Let me read it to you. Then the righteous, that means those in right standing with God. I'm going to conclude now. Then the righteous, those who are in right standing with God through Jesus Christ, through prayer, through confession, through repentance, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? We didn't know that we were doing that as unto you, Lord. When did that take place? When did that happen? Then the king, you know now who the king is, right? Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me, to me. Hallelujah. You did it to me. Friend, love God by loving one another. And when love, you hear anything that isn't love, don't listen to it anymore. 
When you hear a complaint or a murmur, ask God to wash it out of your mind. Don't let it like a seed or, a, or, a, or something that would fester and grow. The devil doesn't want you to be joyous. The devil doesn't want you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have right standing with God. And even sometimes Christians can help us to get out of right standing with God unconsciously, not because they want to, but because they are tattling a tale that shouldn't be tattled at all. Friend, let's be right with God. And when you're right with God, you're going to be right with one another. We don't have to keep trying to get right with one another. Just get right with God. The right with one another automatically comes. The peace will automatically come. The joy will automatically come. It'll just come. Love one another. Will you do that? Love one another. For love is of God. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris. May the word of God you hear on this program bring healing and wholeness to your life. Spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. We appreciate your prayers and your financial gifts for the support of this ministry. Friend, Jesus loves you and we love you too. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of the Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.